Welcome back to Boys and Ghouls Film Review, folks. I'm your host, Sarah Stevenson. This is my co-host, Mike Stevenson. Hi, guys. And tonight we'll be reviewing uh, Star Trek IV, The Voyage Home. That was released in 1986. Exactly. Around the time I was probably born. Yeah, you were, actually. That was the year... year. First contact. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. But this is Sorry. not the reason why we're reviewing it. We're doing it in honor of um, a recent departed actress who starred in the um, Star Trek yeah. in, in four or five episodes yeah. of this. Yeah. Well, all episodes or four or five episodes. Well, I meant to add the movies. So, I mean, no, she was in the whole series, TV series, mm-hmm. the original one, mm-hmm. and I think all or most of the movies... I, have, I can't remember. Not all of them. No, no, no. The last, last movie she wasn't in. Hmm. Yeah, last couple. Yeah, whatever. Anyway, irrespective, and we're talking about uh, Nichelle Nichols, who yeah, played she, Uhura. She now, passed away this month, and it's really yeah, sad. Yeah, it's, it's sad. She's, uh, oh, but she had a good life. She did a lot. Um, yeah. They didn't give her a major role like uh, Shatner or Namoy or anybody else, but... I think she stood her own and she filled in the gap there as a co-star quite nicely. Yeah. So this is a tribute to her. We're not going to do all of the Star Trek movies, but yeah. we thought we'd pick one of her favourite ones. Yeah, the one that has her starring in it, anyway. Well, she's in this one, yeah. Uh, well, starring as a co-star, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, that's why we're doing it. Aha. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. See? And by the way, I think um, a couple of people have already passed on. I think... Um, we talked about the other night. Did you say DeForest Kelly? Bones is dead. Yeah, Bones He's is dead. Liam, um, Scotty, um, yeah, James yeah, Doohan. Yeah, and uh, let me see. Leon. Um, Who? Leon? Le- not Leon. I mean, Le- Leon. Who? Um, Leonard Nimoy. Len- yeah, Leonard Len- Nimoy. Le- Leonard's passed away a couple yeah, years back. Yeah, he's been in a lot of stuff and made a few guest appearances here he and has, there, willy-nilly, yeah. just to, men- to keep himself, his um, character or himself known. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, they're all, they're all dropping off, yeah. It's kind of sad. There's only, uh, let me see, there's William Shatner who's still he's alive. He's still around. And let me see, that Sulu, the, the actor who named uh, George, George Tucky. Tucky, he's yeah, still yeah. alive. Um, let me see. The Russian guy. Yeah, Walter, the um, Russian actor who played, um, what's his name, Chekhov. Pavel Chekhov. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Commander Chekhov. Mm. Hell and yeah, yeah. Now, let's get down to Nitty Gritty. I know this one was done by the, the um, um, Scott Spock for, you know, the dra- well, directorship. Well, can I actually go through what I normally do? That's my bit, and then you do your bit? Yes. Okay, right. Okay, okay here we go. Produced by Harv Bennett. Directed by Leonard Nimoy. Story by Harv Bennett and Lim, Leonard Nimoy. Yes. Screenplay by Steve Mearson, uh, Peter Crikes, Nicholas Meyer, and Harv Bennett. Sweet. Um, I think the original scripts uh, were done by Steve uh, Mearson and Peter Crikes, but I didn't like them that much that they rewrote them. And so where Nicholas Meyer and Harv Bennett came into mm. the writing team to try... Uh, breathe some life yeah. in it to head in the right direction. And yeah. obviously it's based on the tar- Star Trek, the uh, TV series uh, made famous by Gene Roddenberry. As you guys well know, I've been watching the um, Light and Magic TV series, the um, about the, the documentary about um, how they got started and that their major one of their major projects was working on the Star Trek's movies, some of them anyway. 
And yeah. this is one of them that they worked on. Mm, yeah, can I go and say a bit more now? Yes, you may. Okay, the budget was $26 million. They kept it to a tight budget too. They, they say cut a bit of cost here, reusing some old props or whatever. Uh, box office at 133 mil, so 26 mil to make and 133 mil at the box office ain't too bad. And obviously it has home media on top of that as well. So mm-hmm. this is the fourth instalment uh, of this um, Star Trek uh, franchise and it's a sequel to Star Trek uh, 3, The Search for Spock. Mm. And actually completes the story, which be actually began in the Wrath of Khan. So you got the Wrath of Khan two, Search for Spock three, and this one sort of completes the story. So three movies, a reminiscent of Star Wars having all these different movies. Yeah, it's jammed sort of into a, it. You're bookending each other and different things. Yeah. Mm. Um, now um, I can't say too much before Sarah takes over. Um, yeah, um, there it is. Yeah, dissatisfied with the first screenplay. Produced by Steve Mason and Peter Crikes, Paramount hired uh, the the Wrath of Khan writer Nicholas Mayer to step in and uh, help rewrite the script. Cool. And they actually, to start off, they, they did want to write a, a storyline which didn't have any nasties in it, like you know, fighting, blasting, killing, and you know, uh, that sort of stuff. And they thought they conceived the idea on an environmental problem, which, hence, is a little bit yeah. different than normal. Yeah, yeah. environmental... Environment in problem. Yeah, and they, th- they thought about deforestation and stuff and blah, and they, and they come on, oh, yeah, whales, why not? And they got on the idea of um, the theme behind the story. Yeah, because in this one, it deals with... Um, well, I'll give you the cliff notes. No. Um, it deals with spacecraft that comes to their uh, you area. Tell the story in a minute. It's an unknown vessel, and they don't understand why it's come. And, and this is where Kirk and his team have to find out how to resolve this issue. Yeah, it's destroying our planet. Now, uh, by the way, before I go any further, this film was dedicated to the crew of the Space Shuttle Challenger. Which broke up 73 seconds after takeoff on the morning oh. of January the 28th, 1986. So mm-hmm. our, our hearts and minds go out to those people, our prayers mm-hmm. as well, because, I mean, they, yeah, they died, um, to me, as heroes, so. Yeah. And here we go. Oh, the main the main stars, obviously. Duh. William Shatner, yeah. We know him. James T. Kirk. He's an admiral now. He got promoted. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the funny thing about this one, too, he wasn't going to come on board for this. Really? Nope, he had a pay dispute. Oh, so facts. he said that unless he received a salary of two million dollars, mm. he wouldn't participate in the movie. Man, you would go very you skeegee. Mm, yes, and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. But I'll, I'll, I'll mention something else about that later. Leonard Nimoy comes back here uh, as Spock, obviously. Uh, DeForest Kelly plays Leonard McCoy. Bones, the position. Um, James Doohan as Scotty. Bear me up, Scotty. Yeah. Um, anyway, George Tucky <laughs> plays ha- ha- Hikaru Sulu. Uh, Walter Koenig plays Pavel Chekhov. Hmm. Nichelle Nichols plays Uhura. And our special guest in this one here, uh, Catherine Hicks, she plays Dr. Gillian Taylor. Hmm. Uh, a I think it is. Uh, uh, she, a, she knows about whales, has it? This um, is called a whale expert. Yeah, a whale, a, for those a whale who, person. For those and who <laughs> don't understand what whaling is. Yeah. 
That's out of whale all the time. Um, <laughs> now, what I was going to say is because the pay packets were going high on this, yeah, they wanted more and more in these movies. That's when they started the new TV series, Star Trek Ooh. The Next Generation or something oh, or other, yes. with new actors, because these ones are starting to cost too much money. <laughs> well. So, interesting, that. Well, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. You, you can get it when you can get it, hey? Um, well, get what you can afford. Uh, here's something here. A bit of a, uh, um, now, during production, a rumour circulated that the part had been given to Catherine, Catherine Hicks after Shatner demanded a love interest. Oh. A regular aspect of the television series that was absent <laughs> from the first three films. Well, there uh, was one in but the no, that, that, was third rumor, movie, that was a rumour. That was a rumour. Nimoy, yeah, Leonard Nimoy, chose Hicks after inviting her to lunch with Shatner and witnessing a chemistry between the two. Ah. So, was there any hanky-panky behind closed doors? We'll never know, hey? I hope not. Uh, anyway, here we go. Uh, I've got no more to say at this point in time. Mm-hmm. Um, do you want to take over telling the story, little one? Might as well, guys. Might as well. So, the story begins. I'll do the prologue for, for you guys. There was this genesis planet that somehow was created because of Khan and yada yada, and then Spock, during his um some mate some at, at the end of the last movie, Spock died. Yeah. And then this planet had a special thing called genesis bomb set off on this uh, barren planet and brought life to it. But they also bury Spock on that planet. They sort of rip yeah. Ruffle down to his body. Re- his remains, and uh, they thought that was the end of it. But they found him later on at the end of the movie as a small boy, was it a baby or something? Yeah, or, yeah. and Spock's memory and spirit um, somehow gets placed in um, bones yeah, for some for kind storage. of creepy reason. Oh, they stored in his brain. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 somehow he was home, his, his, his mind was inside... Bones. And and they passed on that would but it would have happened in the in, in the previous movie though. Yeah, yeah. and then um, the crew had to go back to Genesis to relocate Spock's body and restore that his memories into um, Spock's mind. Yeah. And eventually, he, he his body grows from a kid to his Adult ad- adults adulthood rather quickly. Well, that's yeah. what Genesis is all about. It, it, I it, mean, did, yeah, yeah. it really evolves it's like really a clone fast. of the original guy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It kind of really um, evolves the, um, the anyway, planet. let yeah. us move on with the story of this movie. Anyway, <laughs> soon enough they go back to um, Vul- the um, Vulcan planet and where they re- do a restoring memory transferring thing ritual whatever, which eventually does work. And unfortunately, it... it a few things had to be resolved, like knowing he knows about Jim, Jim Kurt, obviously because they're best friends. But some things have to be jogged back into memory. Had to be relearned, and yeah, it, it, the academic stuff was okay, but all the yeah. personal stuff because he's half human and half Vulcan, and then some of the mm. human, the human bits, he's um, those sort of memories are a little bit sort of. Hey, I'm not real sure on this. Yeah. Yeah. Fortunately, yeah. they are in big trouble because they um, broke several rules and they're placed in, in, on exile on Vulcan because of their disregard to, you know, not well, following on ex- orders. They weren't on exile. They 
were hiding out there fixing up their spacecraft yeah. and they they were having a vote to go back to and face a tribunal mm. uh, to have them judged accordingly. Yeah, they, yes. they stole a, a get no, not stole. Yeah, they a they Klingon. hijacked a, a Klingon plane or yeah, ship, ship spaceship, uh, uh, bird of prey, I think they called. Yeah, yeah. and called it mm. Bounty mm. HMS Bounty. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Mr. Christian. Yeah, okay, right. Anyway, back to our story. Um, back to the present. There's this weird ship hurling towards Earth, and every time it passes another ship or a shuttle or anything in this industry, it drains all its, it power, drains and all yeah. its power, and they're running on uh, nothing. No- almost emergency power, which is n- next to nothing when you think about it. Pretty much. Anyway, yeah. um, as the trial progresses on Earth, um, Spock's dad is coming as ambassador to try to plead. Kurt's case. Of course, the Klingons say as long as Kurt lives, there's no peace amongst the the Klingon guys. Yeah, with the rest of the world. So declaring war, uh, sorry, declaring war against the rest of uh, mm. the universe. How's that? Yes, mm. roughly is pretty much it. Anyway, back to, piece yeah, though. back on Vulcan. The guys are resolved to go back to Earth and face their the tribunal or whatever. <laughs> And, Tribunal. Yes. And Spock, he, um, he's resolved to come with them because he feels like he off, he wants to offer testimony. His mother t- asks him, are you doing this for friendship? And he says, I'm doing this because I was there. He's, yeah. You know, he's very logical after exactly. all. Exactly. Even though his mother tells him that he's half human and he he's still rebuilding his mind. So bit by bit, he still has a little bit more work to do. When you say, Mike? Well, like I said, he's a, he's a work in progress. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but he works really hard in this one. He so does, yeah. anyway, they get on Hello, to the spaceship you. and they make their way to towards Earth slowly. And when they get there, well, before they get there, <laughs> they get um, they soon enough, this big major spaceship arrives and starts draining the energy off the planet, causing the whole place to go into black debt blackdown. Yeah, blacking out the, the electricity, any yeah, outcoming messages, communication, yeah, yeah, yeah. whatever. It starts um, causing um, interference with the um, cloud coverage. It starts craning heavily, and soon enough, it whatever things on that spaceship is kind of trying to get into the water. It's aiming a beam of energy at the ocean, trying to communicate with something which they don't know what yeah, it is. Yeah, they try to communicate mm. with the vessel, but they're fortunately the the whatever language they're doing, they're trying to talk to, is gibberish. What's not gibberish? They're not, they're not getting in response. Yeah. Meanwhile, while this is happening, uh, when the Kurt and his friends, they get several transmissions from other ships, and they all sound just like gibberish, as Hora says. When you say, and she's trying to work it out. No, there's lots of radio radio transmission. Activity and they're crossing over each other. Everyone's yeah. hitting the airways at the same time, yeah. and she couldn't isolate what they're talking about. Yeah, that's why it was gibberish. Yeah, soon enough, the president who was at the um, uh, Starfleet Federation waiting for he, Kirk to show up. Yeah, and finally, is he sends a message, a stress message to all ships, telling them not to approach Earth because 
to and conserve all their energy on and their go away ships. because uh, the earth was under attack and blah blah yeah. blah 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 yeah. and may not be around current hmm. reasons yeah. that maybe we should destroy the ship but there's a big chance that their ship would be drained too so they have to figure out they what figure out what what it's wants they think that um Spock says that this, these messages may not be hostile. doesn't sound like it. So they decide to find out what those messages sound like underwater. So and That's where the beam of uh, or energy or communication or whatever was being aimed at, our yeah. oceans. Yeah, so um, Uhura was able to put, figure out what it sounds like underwater. And it sounds just like humpback whales. Yeah. And, well, Spock prov- me, yeah. and Spock proved that by going to... Um, a comp- another computer which kind of identifies the very similar sound waves to, to sounding exactly the same. Yeah, whatever. And they worked out that there has not been any humpback whales in on Earth for, for some, for so some many, many years, years because we hunted them to extinction. Yeah. Aha. And they realized that while they there's no other exti- species on other planets, so technically they're in a very loose end. We're screwed. Yes, so they have to find some, but not in this time. They have to find it in the past, and fortunately, this ship was able to get them there eventually, and which they did. They have to use the sun rays. The gravitational no, they the gravitational pull of the sun. They did a slingshot around the sun by using the gravity to increase their speed, so they can reach whatever, yeah, whatever speed it needed to uh, break through the time barrier. Now, I've always wondered. What's that? In all these movies where they've done this sort of thing, uh, let's try to try and try and travel. Let's go around time. Let's get the spirit. How they actually control in which direction they are going? Mm. Are they going forward? Are they going backwards? They're going sideways. And what year? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's. Do yeah. you want a qu- question? Because I don't think I want to. <laughs> now, every movie they say, "Oh yeah, we did this," mm-hmm. but how? Yeah. yeah, and how far back yeah. would you go? Yeah, they, how... could have got, they could have gone back to dinosaur age for all I know. No, well, I get it. Yeah, and who knows if whales... I, I think whales have been... They did say whales have been around a lot longer than yeah, human, human beings. beings. Yeah, yeah, they were, they were, yeah. They were like a longer species to humans. Yeah. So, who knows? Maybe they've been around during the dinosaur age, maybe. They could have been. Mm, I don't know. The dinosaurs of the sea, how's that? Mm. Anyway, back to the story. They eventually do do this, and they finally arrived to Earth back to 1986, I think. Uh, yeah. Roughly yeah, when 86. this movie came out. Well, they came back to the then real current time when they're making the movie, so... <laughs> They did a lot of lo- location shoots. They thought, mm. well, it's got to have the well, same time. So yeah, the, well, all, all the uh, sites they, they're using are uh, current. Yeah, well, mm. it would make sense considering if they did, um, say, it was 2000 and something, whatever, who's to say it would have changed? I mean, years ago, they would have made them, they would have said a few years later, and they think we're still wearing the, our current. Our our clothes haven't changed, but they but have they have mm. changed in in the nineteen. If you were filming a film in nineteen fifties, and then you fast forward to the nineteen sixties or nineteen seventies, and you find out the clothing has changed, not like not sci-fi changed, just just slightly Style, different. Yeah, styles different. Styles, yeah. Okay, do you get on with it? Okay. Anyway, so <laughs> they found Aurora was able to locate some whales. As it turns out, they're in. San Francisco, and Kirk thinks, oh, this is strange, because wouldn't they be out in the middle of the ocean? No, they, were, they had located some whales, 
at San Francisco in the Bay Area, or it must be Bay or something. Yeah. And they found that there was a marine, uh, what do you call it? No, no, no yeah. marine park, what do you call it? Um, uh, an, uh, never mind that. I mean, yeah. I, I still have some more stuff to tell yeah, you. Yeah. Um, Scotty has another difficult problem for them. See, the Klingon crystals on the, the ship have been drained, which is caused by the um, time-traveling thingy-wing. Yeah. And that means if they, they're... Technically, they still have energy, but they don't have enough energy to take them back to their, their prior time. Yeah, but why is going away enough energy to even take off? Yeah, so yeah. they have to find some... Um, Radium is that radiation? Yeah, radiation. radiation uh, They mentioned photons and different things and whatever. Yeah, they think radium might likely be able to charge up the ship and be able to save themselves and get them back in their own time. Aside from that, they have to also get a tank to so to make sure the whales won't be. You know, well, they, can't, they just can't strap them into a seat, and they, they <laughs> need to put them in a big fish tank on the uh, yeah. on the uh, spaceship. Yeah, mm. so he leaves this up to Scotty and McCoy to and and not Slulu to go locate a tank, while Hora and um, Jekov they go and look for the um, radium somewhere. Radiation, radiation, uh, whatever it is, stuff which is located. Not radium. Okay. Which That's is not, yeah. which is located on some navy freighter thingy wings or yeah. boats anyway, yeah. and Spock and James T Kirk they have to go find the whales. Yeah. So they what? land in a park and disc- and where they're invisible, just so you guys know. They actually land in San Francisco's Golden Gate Park, and they yeah. use a cloaking device to stay invisible. Unfortunately, mm. it does leave a big dent in the ground. It's rather heavy, yeah. Mm. Yeah, and it does cause a bit of stir with some local garbage men. <laughs> scared the crap out of them. Here yeah, you go. got yeah. them scared, especially with the door opening. Yeah, 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 Can you see a very big light coming through? So they stay head off into San, to San Francisco City, and it's very noisy. There's a lot of cars. Bam, 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 bam. Yeah, really you know, noisy. You know what it's uh, like, you, folks. Peak yeah, hour, you know. Get away, get away, Take I'll that stop it. Carry on. It was very crazy, and even a couple of guys called um, Kurt um, "double dumbass" on you, or something like that. Or dumb. so he says it anyway. You call him a dumbass. Okay, and that's fine. Get they realise that it. they're they're in a big snag here because they don't have any cash, and therefore they have to go find some. So Scott, so Spot, and him go off to pawn something, while the rest just stayed behind, and they were able to pawn off some. 18th century glasses that Kurt got as a gift, I think it was. Yeah, uh, McCoy, was it? Bones yeah. gave him a gift. I think it wasn't Benjamin Franklin's glasses or something. Yeah, yeah. and he says um, the good thing about this is um, he'll, there'll, there'll be a gift again in the near future. <laughs> ho, ho, ho. And, he, of course, it's not very much. They said that if the lenses were intact, it would be a lot more. So it's like roughly $100. Back and in those days. Back then, those days, and it's not yep. much. So, $100, and the, each one gets money, and this is only for transportation and probably a bit of food, maybe. But um, bear in mind, I don't, know like how, I don't know how they're going to be able to swim and wear a tank in such a small, immediately okay, amount. Okay, look, just get on with anyway, it, Anyway, so the guys went their separate ways. Um, 
eventually they found out where the lo they located the, the whales. They're in a special aquarium. My yeah, that's what the word I was looking for, an yeah, aquarium place. where yeah. they house two whales called George and Gracie. And uh -huh. so Kurt and, and Spock, they head on down to the Institute where they cause a bit of a scene with Gillian, the... Um, the ex expert on whaling. The whale lady. Yeah, yeah she um, was annoyed with, with Spock's behavior, direct the behavior, where he goes inside the whale tank and tries to mind melt with a couple, with the one of the whales. Yeah, and had a, he had a bit of a chat with him as well, you know, mentally, so he, t so he let him know. Was the boy one or the girl one? I don't know. I can't Doesn't tell. Matter. He told him what was going on, somehow or other. Yeah, I mm. think it was the girl one. He, cause I think she would have been the one that told Spock that she was pregnant. Well, he... The daddy whale would have known his wife was pregnant. Nuta. Anyway, when meanwhile it was happening... He was there. Um, Scotty and McCoy and um, Sue, they were able to find uh, the glass place and they're able to get the guy, the organiser, uh, to make sure that they have a tank that's, uh, that has its specific um, dimensions that they require. And including... <sighs> he did, well, didn't get a tank from me. He yeah. wanted them to make the glass... The panels, so they could make the yeah, tank. Yeah. Well, <laughs> anyway, they told them that of a particular design that could be a few inches thicker, which yeah, will yeah, allow yeah. them to um, probably make the owner the wealthiest person in the world. And McCoy asks Scotty, "Are you sure we should give him the formula?" And he says, "Why? How do we know he didn't invent it?" Uh -huh. And they realize mm, we could be Possible. doing we could be doing mm. the future a favor. <laughs> exactly. So anyway, they got they get the tank organized for with them, and Sula was able to learn was able to find a helicopter that will possibly be able to sort of transport the tank over to their ship eventually later on. Meanwhile, uh, for, for those of you who are in the military, so it's a Huey helicopter, I believe. Yeah. Mm. Meanwhile, while this is happening, Uhura and Jerkoff, they're trying to locate the um, the Navy base in Armamiga. Uh, Alameda, I yeah. think Alameda. And, but, of course, they have direction problems. But eventually they do find it and um, they, pr they tell Kurt in a transmission they'll beam into the, um, the Navy Reserve and, and get the the things they need, yeah. and then beam out. No one will know the Yeah, whatever radiate, they get, obviously it's not shielded like it is nowadays properly, uh -huh. and so there would have been a bit of radiation leakage, and whatever the leakage part is, they're collecting in a special handheld little machine Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Gillian, uh, who eventually finds Spock and Kurt later on after this, wants to know why, how they knew about Gracie being pregnant because only a set few people probably knew of her pregnancy. And as Spock put it so uh, so succinctly, she told me. Yeah, <laughs> that and went down well. They didn't. She didn't buy their lies. Like um, by well, no, the fact it, that the story, not the lies. Yeah. Yeah, they did sit and tell the full truth, did they? Yeah, mm. they only said that um, that they're they're there to try to save these wells and try to get them. Oh, get them away! Get them away to their world. Yeah, put but them in a safe place yeah. so no one could pick on them. Of course, yeah. she thinks that. Um, seeing as um, Spock says uh, a couple of times that Kurt is an admiral, uh, admiral, and she probably thinks that he's uh, part of a navy or army thingy wing. Navy thing. Yeah. Trying and to use them for salvaging torpedoes and yada yada yeah, yeah. yada. But Which he, is not the case. No, no. 
Anyway, eventually, at, during dinner, he, she was able to work out the truth from him by saying that he was from Iowa, but he works in our space, and therefore he needs to get two humpback whales, travel them to the future in order to save their dying race. Or not dying race, they're in, they're yep. endangered... Um, their earth is in danger, obviously. Yeah. So she finally believes him. Yeah, eventually. to an extent. And meanwhile, while this is happening, um, let me see, Jekov and Uhura, they're on board the Navy base um, ship and they're, they're getting the, um, the, 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 um, the uranium, whatever. Uranium, and, okay. Uranium. And they eventually Adam get... Adam Curie did radium, okay? Okay. <laughs> they eventually get it what they need, but unfortunately, the the remaining beaming, beaming on board was easy, but getting them off board is a difficult yeah, running out of power. So, Ahura mm. um, gets on, gets, has her turn, but um, Chekhov is, doesn't get so lucky, and thanks to his Russian ants. You know, accent doesn't really help very much. Yeah, this American uh, Navy security patrol think he's a Russian spy. Funny that, hey? Yeah, especially <laughs> what's been happening at the moment. Don't uh, shut up about that. I'm talking about his Russian accent, okay? Shh, calm down. Gee, anyway, it doesn't do so well, and he eventually tries to run away in the normal sense, but unfortunately, that um, he hits his head and falls, and... His condition is what's it again? Critical. Yeah, meaning he, he, he could he, easily die. He broke die. some bones and stuff, and got some head damage and whatever. Yeah. And, and of course, yeah. the, they're prepared to take him to hospital. Yada yada. Meanwhile, the, on board the their ship, they try to locate for him, but with no success because um, their ship is still weak, and there's no chance of finding out what happens to him. You know, until the next morning. Meanwhile, the next morning, we find out from Gillian Jill, finds out. That the two whales, what George and Gracie, they had been shipped off in the middle of the night. How rude! It was rude. She eventually goes to the park where she last saw James Kirk and tell him the bad news. And eventually, she gets beamed aboard, and she's she's got the she's pretty shaken up when she finds out it's all true. What he told her about being from outer space and all their advanced technology. And this is the first time she finds out Spock is a Vulcan. See, the, he had his ears covered up before. Yeah, see, mm. he wore a bit of a bandana, I think. It not is. a bandana, oh, not bandana, a headband. A headband to conceal you, his... You have got no Shh, idea. Calm down. Sheesh. You take things too literally on this channel. I keep making mistakes, and you point at them too yeah, much, and it and annoys you pick, me. And you pick at mine all the time, too. I'll kick you if you don't shut up. <laughs> anyway, so they 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 earned out that where Chekhov is, he's at the hospital, and his condition is bad. So um, James, Kirk, and Jillian, and Dr. McCoy, they all head down to there, dressed as doctors, obviously, and head down there. And, of course, McCoy is... Devastated by their inefficiency at the hospital because he just he's annoyed at their fact they're working like medieval doctors. To him. To him, it is medieval. And he even comes across a lady who has kidney dialysis. She's in the hospital for kidney dialysis because her kidneys are stuffed all 
no no longer in her body. I yeah. do not know whether they've been. See, the, later on, there's a mention she's regrown a kidney. Yes, so, thanks yeah. to McCoy. Yeah. <laughs> eventually, they find out which room, uh, the operating room, is Chekhov in, and eventually they use um, a gurney. Is it a gurney? Yeah, yeah. and pretend that Jillian is a sick patient and they get on board of an elevator and they encounter two other unhealth, unhealth, not nice doctors who think McCoy is um, a crackpot for thinking that he thinks all their marbo jumbo is a load of bull. Yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway, they get into the door, there's policemen there and they say, sorry, you cannot go in there but eventually... They bluff their way through yeah, and get into the... Yeah, yeah. He, he busts by saying that Jillian has cramps. Uh, oh, he didn't? He said it in a, lo- a medical term. Yeah. So, yeah. I read somewhere online one time and it, during comments on YouTube said, some guy said as a medical student, use those terms and his friends didn't know the hell of what he was talking about. <laughs> It was hilarious. Yes, whatever. <laughs> anyway, he goes and meets the doctors, and the doctors think he's um, um, a crackpot and t- tells them off. And he tells them off, saying that the that drilling holes isn't the answer. The artery, ha- the yeah. brain has to be repaired. And he says, "Put away your butcher knives and let me save this patient before it's too late." And Jim James Kirk quickly. Um, using his little device, his ray gun, to point them into another room and zaps and melts the lock. The lock. And mm. Eventually... Well, it's, it's better than melting the doctor, isn't it? That's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so McCoy begins to repair the brain to um, Chekhov's mind. A little device he puts on his forehead. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, very nice. And well, I want it one. works. Yeah. And eventually they slowly um, push the gurney, the new, the old, the new gurney out, and one of the policemen says, "Hey, you entered with a she." And Kirk says, "One little mistake." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Bugger. Eventually, they, there's a pl- bit of a brief police chase scene, and eventually, they get off on an elevator. And eventually, um, when the police get to the other, to the other floor, other there's floor. no one in there. Obviously, <laughs> Scotty has been able to beam them out. Yeah, and eventually they yep. head on board of the to the ship and. Gillian wants to go with them, but unfortunately, their last stop is the 23rd century. Whatever. And that means that she'll be, if she goes with them, she'll never go back. She says, There's nothing, there's nothing for me here, and you're going to need a whale person in the future. Yeah, she, at first, he says, No, you must stay here, and eventually, she jumps into his arms, and they end up when, being when aboard. He's been, yeah, she got being aboard the spaceship. Yeah, and, he um, gets annoyed with her, but she says, You need me. And he tells her to take a seat. And they start making their plans of finding George and Gracie, which they do find it because... They, yeah, they tip them out to the, the uh, um, Antarctic, up yeah, north Antarctica, 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 whatever. Or whatever. And eventually they do find them, the, fre- the frequency that's, that's on those tags that the whales have. So, yeah, so many megahertz, whatever. Yeah, they got the right frequency for it and everything. Yeah, so, but yeah. they also find out there were some whale pirates in the area. Some whale hunters. Some whale hunters in the area. And they make plans to... You know, targeting both the um, George and Gracie, but unfortunately, they get scared off by the um, the um, um, the spaceship. And yeah, they, they they turn off the cloaking device and they ride above the uh, the whaling boat and scares the crap out of them. Again, hey, we got to scare the crap out of the garbage guys and scare the crap out of the whaling guys. Well, not bad. In this case, mm. it was it was a useful technique. Yeah. Anyway. Eventually, um, they were able to beam 
both George and Gracie on board, and of course, and a, and a bucket load of water. Yeah, because yeah. Scotty was worried that aside from the whales, they have to beam so much water. Oh, yeah, so many tons of water, you know, gallons or yeah. liters, mm-hmm. tons, water, water. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and actually, one thing that bugs me on that. What's that? Whales breathe air like we do. Yes, that's true. And from what I can see in those big containers, there wasn't much room for any air for them to breathe. Oh, you do have a point, Mike. <laughs> so I'm just a little thing. Well, I'm, you do have a I'm point. I'm pedantic but, sometimes. But I imagine this won't be, they won't be, they'll probably have to hold their breath for a bit. And yeah. not to mention they won't be allowed to breathe through that air hole in the well, tank I know, for a, a while. I, don't, I, don't, I didn't notice any air at the top of the tank. Anyway, yeah. it's not Just important. Just a little they, observation. They didn't, uh, well, as your absor- observation de- de- details, there, there's a big chance that they'll dump the whales into the water before anyone even has a chance to breathe. Anyway, Well, we like the thing, so. Yeah, yeah. so anyway. Maybe it was a dead whale. Yeah. They begin to go travel into they begin to head towards the sun and do a loop around another, it again another slingshot job and they eventually arrive into the present their present and exactly and from when they took off on the same minute almost yeah mm. and eventually they arrive back and of course their but their ship is hurling towards the water as yeah well, it went because it was too close to earth and what happened is this big Funny spaceship probe thing yeah, the spaceship, uh, took I told all you. the power out of them as well when they arrived back there, yeah. so they had no control over the yeah. spaceship. So they quickly hurl towards the water and they begin to make uh, plans of evacuating, but <coughs> Kurt has to stay behind to open the hatch to get the whales oh, sorry, out. They landed in San Francisco Bay. Yeah, so yeah. while Gillian and the others they evacuate on, out there through the hatches, he Jim was able to open the hatch, the big hatch door, and so the whales could get out. Of course, when the whales do get out, one of the whales uh, suffers from a little bit of travel sickness. Travel sickness, maybe, yeah. It wasn't very feeling very well. Yeah. Eventually, yeah. the whales were able to communicate with the, the, the probe, probe yeah. and finally conveyed to them that we are here, we're, we're okay, and therefore... Everything's could, fine. Could you yeah, guys yeah. go away? Because you're damaging our humans. So, yes, nice whales. See? So nice, the care. probe yeah. eventually closes up shop and leaves, and eventually um, the clouds cleared up and the communications and the electricity returns to the the earth and yeah, all and the um, space and, shuttles and everything. And space stations as they go, where the probe leaves, everything goes back to normal. Yeah, and the whales go on their merry way. And then we cross to the tribunal. With us. Well, Federation Council Tribunal, yeah, yeah I think. Yeah. yeah, and where the president of the Federation, whatever, whatever. tells yeah. um, the group that they've they pretty much did a lot of crime. Cr- the cr- they did. They all the naughty things. All the naughty things they have been accused of have been dismissed, except for one. Yes. Now that is regulation Kirk, of orders. Yeah, uh, Admiral Kirk's failure to follow orders. Orders, and he alone. Oh yeah, so- we've got another rule. He's been littering the um in the water. Okay. Oh, that's one rule. It's um lit. You know, waste. Littering. Littering. Yeah. yeah. No, but anyway, yeah, so he, he is solely being charged. He's cre- who's been exonerated for all the other stuff. But here we go. Take it over. So um, Kurt has been demoted from being admiral and now he's become yeah, captain. Captain again. Which uh-huh. is okay for him, I guess. And it, was, it, was a, a, it was a desk job. He didn't, uh, he didn't like it anyway. And he said uh, the 
it was it was demotion, but it was good done in good faith because that's what he's best at. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Um, yeah. so he's a field man. Yes. Yeah. He then um, makes his final farewell to Gillian, and Gillian go- goes off uh, on her uh, science vessel. Yeah. To where she can learn a little bit more well, about. She, well, she's got to catch up on the current science, current of the events, now. and yeah. current yeah. other stuff. And they make their final goodbyes and. Meanwhile, another set of people are having seen the final goodbyes. Spock is talking to his father and his, how his father told him that he um, th- thought at first about his son joining the Space Federal guys and he's changed his mind because he realised that he did a, he's doing a good job at And the mate, his mate, yeah, he, 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 thought was, he didn't think it was a good decision years ago but now he thinks... It was a good decision. Yeah. Yes. And we're they good fun- people. Yeah. yeah. Instead mm. of the usual hugs or kisses, he, his father and Spock do the usual yeah. live long and prosper Live long and prosper with the old hand and the fingers, you know. Yeah. yeah. And now that's been dealt with, the crew and Kurt, they head off to look at their new ship. Which, which is? Drumroll. The, the Enterprise. Yes. They, they made a new one for them. Oh. Yeah, home sweet home, according to... Kurt. And they take it out for a burn. Yeah. yeah, and that's Let's the end. Let's see what you've got. You know, yeah, yeah. That's the end of the story. Okay. We've got a little bit of... Few, we've got a few minutes to have a chat. Yeah, let's go for it. I won't say too much, but mm. I've got lots of notes here, so I'll skim through some of it. Most of this was location shoots. Mm. Ah, uh-huh. Where the other movies weren't. Now, this, that was a bit of a change. They, they, they did a lot of it, um, mm. yeah, ma- most of the real buildings and um, yeah. whatever. And the futuristic and buildings would have been all matte well, paintings. Well, some of the matte paintings were done. Um, where they did the all the street stuff, that was done in real street stuff, you know, mobile units. Mm. Uh, the aquarium was a real aquarium, but they uh, made that big whale pool as an extension to it somehow rather. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. superimpose that in and whatever. And, I see. Uh, yeah, different things. Yeah, so they did a lot of it actually on location. Um, the Federation Council room was actually built in the studio, that sort of stuff. But all the other stuff, yeah, on, on location. And it worked well. Uh, yeah, yeah. They, they even used the real uh, aircraft carrier. Cool. They, 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 when they went inside, it actually I think that was actually a real aircraft carrier they were allowed to shoot on. That's nice of them. Yeah, yeah. I think. So yeah, they did a lot. Uh, industrial, uh, industrial light and magic were involved with um, uh, post-production and some of the film, film or, and film special effects. Um, mm. Some of the humpback whales were real, but a lot of them animatronics. Mm. And the animatronics worked really good. You would not know they weren't real. These guys were good. Um, I won't go into too much about, about uh, the story writing, but pretty much um, the first group was crap, and then um, Leonard, them uh, not Hope, not Leonard, her Hove, and the other guy uh, got stuck into it and fixed it up. Uh, yeah, um, Nicholas Meyer and Hove, Harve Bennett, they got into it, and fixed it up, and made it what it is today. You know um, what I like about yeah. the um, the movie? I like the quotes from you know literature and other things, right? That they bring up in the, yeah, in the dialogue yeah. here and there. Like, yep. it's really cool. I mean, I also liked how both Star Wars and Star Trek, they both use 
um, Navy terms to describe, um, you know, ranks in, in the in Yeah, the it's, all na- it's all done Navy stuff, yeah. Yeah, it's Navy stuff. Instead of, um, I w- I'm not sure of what they would use for pilots in, in the Air Force, maybe no, not, well, not really. No, well, Captain Admiral or Captain Charge, Captain, you know, Captain Cook, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, that, that captains and admirals and whatever, and you had, mm-hmm. you had, you know, all those different ranks, they had ensigns and, yeah, that's all naval stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's but, yeah, but because it's a naval fleet in space, pretty much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I won't go too much, but they did reuse a lot of props and sets from previous um, movies as well. Um, mm-hmm. So that kept the uh, cost down a tad. Mm. Um, yeah. yeah, so um, they, they reused it nicely. Um, yeah. I, I can't say too much without going into t- a lot of w- mm. talking and just drag on and on and on, so hey, I'm glossing over it a little I was bit. just thinking, um, you, we were discussing this not too long ago, guys, that whether it was m- made by the guy who did um, Land of the Giants or the uh, Doctor Who uh, Alan, Alan Irwin, yeah. But do you think that maybe some people who may have worked under him may have also worked with on the Star Trek um, movies I, or TV series? Well, no, what I would suggest is probably... Uh, Gene Roddenberry and his uh, show, Star Trek, was on about the same time as um, Land of the Giants and the other movie, uh, other TV series that Alan Irwin was actually making. Uh, so there's a good chance that um, maybe they inspired each other. They might have known each other. Yeah, because it yeah, makes yeah, me think yeah. of the. Um, that Navy um, TV show you often told me about, they ought to watch, but I haven't watched. Boys, one will see. Yeah, yeah it yeah, makes yeah. me think of yeah. that mm. when I think yeah. about Captain Kirk yeah. exploring the galaxy. Bravely go where and all that stuff. We've never been before. Space. Sort of yeah, yeah, Final yeah. time to hear. These are the voyages of Starship Enterprise. Yeah. Anyway, I'm not going to talk into all special effects of crap mm. and everything else because <laughs> there's a lot. Mm-hmm. But. Li- like, but they did, like I said, re- de- they did reuse a lot of this stuff from previous uh, movies, <laughs> which did help. Uh, they did modernise some of it, but they did make a couple of new sets. But, mm. but main thing is, industrial light magic got in there, and they got some decent um, animatronics people in there to mm. make the whales appear real. And they, yeah, yeah they, well, they were. Mm-hmm. I actually got a, a marine biologist guy to help design the whale models mm. so it wasn't just some guy there making a, a skeleton mm-hmm. and throwing some rubber stuff over well that's it. No. the thing about um yeah. light magic they're always about trying to keep it real a little bit to an extent ah yeah okay uh well uh, well same time maintaining its fantasy look to it yeah the Go aquarium on. they used for those of you who might live in the area uh, was the mo- was actually filmed uh, at the Monterey Bay Aquarium, mm. if it's still there, I don't know. Um, they actually used that, and they used some computer-generated stuff or whatever, superimposing to make the big whale tank. Yeah. Um, what else? What else? What else? What else? Blah, uh, blah, 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 blah. Oh, interesting. The real Enterprise... Okay. The battleship they were going to use was out at sea at the time. Uh, it was unavailable for filming. So the non-nuclear-powered carrier, the USS Ranger, was used instead. How's <laughs> 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 yeah, that, Ranger? Okay. They, so they did a lot. Yeah, de- again, like I said, a lot was done on location, uh, which is excellent. They really... Um, 
Oh, okay. Scenes in the San Francisco Bay were shot in a tank at the Paramount's backlot. So at the end of the movie, when they sort of when the spaceship was crashed on him there, that was actually in a tank. Oh, I, yeah, I see. Yeah, I figured that. I yeah, mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think they would have crashed in the um, real San Francisco uh, waters. Can you think about no, it? No, but it was actually done to be tank. And, um, yeah, um, yeah, uh, actually, see, here's some other bit. Um, since the voyage home was the first Star Trek film to show the operations that Starfleet Command, uh, Bennett uh, and Nimoy visited NASA's Jet Propulsion Laboratory to learn how a real deep space command centre might look and operate. So they took it from real life sort of stuff and then brought it to the film. Cool. So they, they didn't make it up. They they they, they, they uh, did some study. They, they did their homework, folks. That's the thing about that. They always like to do their homework first. Blah, 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 blah. There wasn't a lot of use of matte paintings in here for oh. backdrops or whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, um, can we look at the reception side? I'm going on that now. Because yeah. I would like to see um, what its reception of, yeah. you know, w- being a franchise. Tell you what, thing. though, save me reinforced rubbish. I usually get a lot of my stuff from Wikipedia and different other places, but Wikipedia has a lot of stuff on this. If any of you want to have a bit of a read of it, go on and have a look. Because it, it goes on to, well, we did this, and, we, and this is how we did that effect, and something else, and yada, yada, and yeah, it goes on and on. There's so much involved with it, you say, wow, they, that's how they did it? Never thought about that. And yeah, um, now here we go, where's the reception, Sarah likes this bit. Well, okay. most of them. Most of it's positive. That's a relief. And I say most of it, and I do mean most of it. Here we go, Rotten Tomatoes. Film holds approval rating of 82%. Uh, with an hour, 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 hour. Uh, consensus read Star Trek Four uh, is perhaps the lightest and most purely enjoyable entry of the long-running series. Okay, that's always good. Audiences polled by Cinemascope gave an average grading of A plus on an oh, A plus to F scale. That's good. Um, uh, the Washington Post uh, said somewhere. Uh, one of the series' strongest episodes and proof that the franchise could weather the absence of space-bound action and the iconic USS Enterprise and still be highly enjoyable. I'm glad someone um, enjoyed it. New York Times admitted that the film's plot was demented. No, wait a minute. Huh? Wait a minute. Yeah, shush. Mm. New York Times admitted the plot was demented, but... They have done a great deal to ensure the series' longevity, which means they still had a good storyline. Good. Yep, yep. Okay. Um, uh, Christian Science Monitor has, has a note here. Praise the film for giving audiences a view of their modern life from a different perspective. Cool. The Courier Mail. I don't know if that's Australia's Korean Mail or whatever, mm. um, wrote that the film was funkier, uh, no, funnier than its predecessors, and while not flippant, a, a sense of humour was relevant through the efforts of the cast, writers and the director. Newsweek's David Anson considered Voyage Home not only the most light-hearted of the movie franchise, but the most true in spirit of the original television series. Good. Now, here's a negative one, and that's really not that negative. The guy's an idiot. Uh, 
A more negative review was offered by Liam Lacey of The Globe and Mail, who wrote that under Nemoy's uh, choppy direction, there was a lack of comic timing paired with feeble humour. That's about the only negative one in there. <laughs> so, honestly, the guy's a twit. Now, because everyone else likes it. Um, yeah, I mean, they probably thought the timing was great. Yeah, and it worked. The, and, um, and it wasn't a comedy. Yeah, and it's supposed to be... Um, yeah, it's not a comedy. Yeah, it's supposed to be... Um, it's um, light-hearted. Light-hearted. Yeah. A little bit of light-heartedness works Yeah, for that's me. it. Yeah, there's a couple of little one-liners here. It makes it funny, and yeah. It's not a comedy. It's a space... It's a light... A space opera. Space, yeah, whatever you... I think I even found out what space opera means what now is that it? I've looked it what up. What is it? It's a mixture of adventure, romance, a bit of drama, and all mashed up into... And a uh, sex scene, maybe, occasionally? No, no uh, sex scenes. Nah, um, nah, just nah, mentions nah, romance. I like sex. Nah. And <clears throat> I guess... Um, that's what it is. It's a mixture of adventure, excitement, a bit of sci-fi stuff going thrown in, and just a mixture of everything in it to make it look great. So I don't know why they put an opera in there. Don't ask me why. <laughs> I would think it would be it would make a little bit of confusion amongst people who may not what a space opera is. Yeah, whatever. Now, okay, special effects. I won't go through all of them, but most people like the special effects. There you go. Um, now. Availability. Duh. Drum roll. No. Uh, okay. right. eBay, there's plenty for sale. Amazon, it's rentable, and they've got a, a few for sale there yeah. as well. Keep an eye out. I didn't see too many, but there's the odd VHS copy running around being an older movie. So, uh, having said there might even be a laser disc running around there. So, if you're going to mm. buy a copy, you could be have your eyes open. You don't want a laser disc unless you're a laser yeah. disc player. And you certainly don't want a VHS or a yeah. beta copy. I've never seen yeah. any beta copies out there. Yeah, no, and no. for those who haven't, haven't watched the other two movies and think you, if two? I watch the other two, the other two movies that came before Oh, the this, ones for it, the Rafa Khan um, and yeah, Search for Spock. Yeah, 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 and want to know what this story is about and why um, all suddenly they're exiled. Um, it's a good thing to watch, re-watch well, those that's, two that's so you get idea. a good idea about yeah, what the story's about. Go Star Wars 2 and 3. Star Trek. A Star Trek. I keep saying Star Wars. We, got, we watched Star Wars the other day. Didn't we? No, we didn't watch I Star did, Wars. I did, I did, I did. No, I did, I did. One of us did. Um, yeah, oh, I got Star Wars on the brain. I think no, it's you, because... No, of... you mentioned the car earlier. That's what it was. Hmm. Oh, we're watching Star Wars. I'm on the air, blah, blah. Yeah, 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 yeah. The Abrams, Martin. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, that's what I got. Star, yeah. uh, Star Trek uh, 2 and 3. Uh, yeah, probably, you probably ought to get a pack. Yeah, we might have one, two, three, four, or something. So hmm. I would have a look at uh, this movie mm-hmm. if, if you're aware of the other movie storylines. That's yeah. okay. But if you're not, I would go and look at two, three, and four. Uh, if you can rent them off uh, Amazon Prime or something, rather, or somewhere else, yeah, do so, and you get the storyline happening really nice. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So it's because they do come together like sequels and prequels, you know, that yeah. sort of stuff, yeah. Yeah. Although you may come, across, I think in the fourth Star Trek one, which came after this one, it didn't um, add on into the story. No, it was anywhere. a different storyline. It was a yeah, different storyline. Yeah, fresh storyline. And, was, and after that, that would have been Star Trek Generations would have come after that one. And then, so. then we started and then, then you guys. Yeah, yeah. and then um, the one done by J.J. Abrams in 2009, I think it was, um, that's when he took over and he made it more of a prequel or requel, whatever they call it. Whatever. Or whatever. whatever. I don't know. 
I never felt anyway. It, it, it was not a bad one myself, but I still think he should really go back to hu- film school to rethink his brain. Look, okay, whatever. <laughs> okay, here we go, guys. Ten. There you go. <laughs> I'm gonna. Rev- um, I think I would rate this um, nine and a half out of ten. Yeah, I think it's great. I mean, the critics like it. It made it at the box office quite nicely. Um, it's still popular. Yeah, um, to this day, it's still the best. And I like the fact that, so one, I think one of the critics said, it's nice to see that make a movie without all stuff out in space, there are people yeah. shooting each other and blowing up spaceships and everything yeah. else. It had a good storyline based here pretty much on Earth, trying like a sci-fi drama. Yeah, and it worked. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, it, it was it was an adventurous move, and it worked. I like yeah, it. Yeah, I think I agree with you, Mike. I mean, instead of just having it all in space all the time, they're on they're on the surface of um, a different world back back here, different back world, home, back yeah. in the um, many years ago. Yeah. Instead of well, the current time that they're filmed yeah, this yeah, yeah. to make it more believable. Anyway, we got to go. I got yeah. things to do, and yeah. Yeah, and it's it's getting. A bit up to almost an hour of chit chat here, and yeah, um, yeah. so well we don't, we don't want to go. Sometimes we go overboard, but we we don't do it out of board. We get we get so much to talk about sometimes. Yeah, so. there's always something interesting yeah. to discuss about a movie, especially if you do it in depth. Yeah. But like I said, there's so much about the special effects and the production. Uh, yeah, yeah, there are sites out there. Like, like I go on the Wikipedia a lot because there's a lot of stuff in there. Uh, mm. So if you go on Wikipedia for this. Have a look at the production details and everything. See how much is, uh, about the production itself, uh, special effects, design. There's a page after page of what they got up to. And it's really interesting stuff. So I can't um, talk about it all now. Otherwise, me, you, you'd be sitting here having your cocoa with me, you know. Or uh, Coke. No, not Coke. <laughs> yeah, not, like share a Coke with you. Okay. Like poem? Okay. <laughs> okay, no Coca-Cola, not product, no product placement here. All right. Okay. Anyway, thanks for listening to our latest podcast, everyone, and I hope you guys definitely check it out and let us no, know in the it's comments It's a good watch. It's, I reckon it's one of the better movies. Hmm. I think so. I'd have to revisit Wrath of Khan, yeah. though, and the other one, but I think, it's, I think it still holds the same as a better movie. Yeah, sorry yeah. we couldn't review all the saga. Like no, we don't we do all, do. because, I mean... Yeah, I, I, we just bit, bit more of a tribute to uh, Nichelle. Um, yeah, yeah, and and all the remaining people who've um, and the other ones who have passed Trek. away as well. So it's like, um, yeah, yes, it's mindful these people aren't um, immortals, but they're only immortal in film. Well, to me, Mike, mm. they haven't. Um, they're not gone. They're gone on to their biggest adventure oh, up hey, there. The bold go. Where all the other good people have already been. No, uh, no. <laughs> but that's how I see it. They're not gone. They're just in outer space, searching for the next big adventure. Exactly. Hey guys. So thanks for listening to our last podcast, everyone. And I hope you guys do be sure to watch this, re- listen to this review, and be sure to um, remember the um, actors from who made these movies and try to be. Yeah. Um, be respectful about them and think yeah, and, and think well. And, of them. And, and for those of you who are inclined to do so, uh, offer up a prayer for Nichelle. Uh, yeah, and her family. Yeah, and her family, yeah, because it's it is sad uh, to be taken. And but, but yeah, she wasn't young, but it's still it's, it's not nice to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but it's, she's not gone. She's yeah. just on her next big adventure. Yeah, she's going off on uh, adventures again. Yeah. Anyway, thanks for listening to our last podcast, everyone. And this is Sarah Stevenson. And Michael. Saying see you guys around. Bye, Bye for now. Bye, guys.